Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Why Are People Into That? The podcast that just gets tighter the more you struggle. My guest today is Troy Orleans, a formidable dominatrix who specializes in extreme bondage. To find out more about her work and see some pictures of the kinds of gear we're going to discuss in this episode, visit TroyOrleans.com. A little bit of house cleaning before we step into Troy's decadent Manhattan dungeon. Uh, I'm going to try something a little different with the podcast moving forward by splitting each episode into two parts and releasing it twice a month. So same amount of content rationed differently. All right. Also, if you are a fan of my writing, I've been publishing a lot more lately, so make sure to check out tinahorn.net for updated links to all the pop culture and sexual politics writing that I've been doing lately. Lastly, I had such a great time teaching at the Armory in San Francisco a few weeks ago that I'm already booked there again. I'm teaching a threesome class for the first time. Find out more and get tickets by visiting armorystudios.com. So grab your hemp rope and your latex hood and your leather belt and your safety scissors for part one of why are people into bondage? Hello. Hi. <laughs> I, I, I have to say that as far as the podcast goes, I'm feeling really guilty because the only podcast that I've done uh, prior to this have been for the Massacast. Oh, I mean, what, what's so, there to feel guilty about? With well, I, because I feel like I'm kind of cheating on on Unspeakable Acts, who hosts the Massacast. I, 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 I Do you th- have an exclusive? Uh, I don't. I don't. But you know, it's it's like you're my second lover. And well, <laughs> you know what? I'll take sloppy seconds. That's fine. That's fine with me. Um. Well, I have listened to some of those um, episodes of the Massacast um, uh, with you. Those are great. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Well, um, thanks, for, thanks for being here. You know, I mean, it is also funny because you're like in my layer, but I'm also in your layer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm already blushing. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, what it means um, that our that my listeners cannot fully experience is that we're in your studio. Oh, layer is an L A I R, not your not your layer like our. L a y e r like the strata you're talking about. My no, actual. no, you're like no, no, like you're a sinister, yeah, you know, my creature of being my, yeah, my, see? Uh, my uh, fortress of solitude uh-huh. or, or uh, not solitude, not really, really solitude. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Will you? Can you? Uh, how would you describe the the room that we're in right now? Your layer, my layer, L a i r. It's too late. I think we're both going to have the giggles for the rest of the night. That's fine um, with me. All right. So my layer, my layer is this. I, I will tell you, first of all, what I told um, Metalbound, who is the metal worker who uh, fabricated much of the furniture in this space. And the first piece that I commissioned from him was this suspension rig, which is nine and a half feet tall eight and a half feet long and six feet wide with uh, four independent winches that each support uh, a 500 pound working load, 600 pound working load, and then a center tracking beam, which also can support uh, way more than 600 pound working load um, that has like a, a, a rolling dolly kind of on it and then individual welded suspension points, which each have like a 300 pound working load. So this is a, it's a serious piece of equipment and it can do so many things. And when he, I told him what I wanted, which was a, you know, I gave him sort of the dimensions that I wanted. And I said, all right, I want uh, four suspension, four independent suspension points, manual winches. And, and I said, and I want it to be, you know, beautiful and whatever. And so he sent me, I think he actually just sent me a photograph of the piece that he made. It wasn't even a sketch or anything. He just sent me a picture of like what he made for me. And I looked at it and I was just like, oh, um, that looks really uh, industrial. Um, And he goes, I said, it just like, I said, it just looks really hard for this space. And he goes, it's a fucking dungeon, Troy. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> and I said, no, it's not a dungeon. It's a salon. It's a studio. It is a, it is a space. I want people to, to walk in and feel embraced and comfortable, but, but to know that the space is built for serious play. <laughs> and, <laughs> and ultimately, it actually was exactly the right piece that I needed because it, it, because it is hard and angular and linear and everything and super mechanical and then you have sort of around it like all of this all of this organic leather and wood Mm. and more metal but um there's tons of leather in here there's you know really high ceilings like 14 foot ceilings with lots of incredible molding that i don't even have the architectural background to describe but it's really sexy and then there's um there's equipment everywhere the space is bursting with equipment and I actually found myself saying to someone recently that and I couldn't believe that I was saying it because I am a gear enthusiast that is probably like one of my fetishes and one of the reasons that I'm a pro dom is because it's like I need to have something to support my gear habit and 
I said, but you know what? I think I'm actually like, I'm, I'm, I kind of have enough gear right now. Like, I don't know. I need to just like work with the gear I have. I don't know where to put any new gear. <laughs> and, and I say this as someone who literally has just like walked in here tonight with a, um, bag full of fresh, a brand new, like super, super thick, my very first piece of like custom made rubber gear because mm. I've always worked with leather and I've never worked with rubber and this is my first foray into rubber from Studio Gum and it's a um, like this super heavy thick straight jacket with a oh. matching hood mm-hmm. and all these buckles and this incredible mouth gap. I'm, I'm, I, I just, but I don't know where to put it. Like I have it, it's in the bag and I've actually delayed even picking it up from the mailbox because I just didn't know where the fuck to put it in my space. So, so <laughs> to our Orleans, what, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Who, who are you? What is, what is this? What is this serious piece of industrial? It is uh, a serious piece for? of bondage because my name is Toralines and I am, am a bondage dominatrix. <laughs> I, you are like you're like the bondage dominatrix. I hope so. I better be. <laughs> my goodness. Well, I um. <laughs> Why would I introduce you when you can introduce yourself so well? Um, I um, well, I'm I'm so uh, I'm so happy to have you here to talk about why are people into bondage? I mean, I've I've known for a while that I wanted um, this to be this to be you, um, and um, uh, yeah, and I'm just I'm so enthusiastic that we are surrounded by so many implement diabolical implements, including ones that you just picked up from the post office. <laughs> Hey, but look, don't forget the box of popcorn too. Cause there's I, 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 I commented upon it and then you immediately made us some. Um, so this podcast comes to you straight from my mouth full of, of, but of synthetic butter. Yeah. Um, um, which, which I did. And GMO kernel, popcorn kernels, no doubt. I, uh, I don't know what that has to do with bondage, but it certainly, um, was very tasty. So, um, so Troy. Tina. <laughs> I'm hoping that you can help me to understand something that I feel like I understand, but I feel like I, I could understand better, which is why are people into bondage? I have so many reasons for why people are into bondage. I think, first of all, there's this incredible thing that happens. Have you ever been in bondage? I have been in bondage, yes. Okay. I, I, I mean, there's th- that's such a simple question with such a complicated answer. Well, I, I, you know, I, first of all, as women, yeah. we have been in bondage in many Word, kinds of ways. Word, thank you. <laughs> Preach, yes. Um, right, I mean, have I ever been in psychological bondage? Have I ever been... Uh, have you, you know, ever in worn human a bra, bondage? for God's sake? Listen, I'm barely wearing one right now. Um, that actually reminds me of... Um, uh, one of my like root stories, which is that um, my somebody in my family, uh, when I, I must have been like 13, um, brought a bunch of videos home from the library. Remember when you could do that? You could bring VHS yeah. uh, tapes home from the library. And they brought home the Betty Davis movie in human bondage. Uh-huh. And I, I just, I had one of those like root moments, you know, where I was like, bondage? What? 
what is that? You know, what does that mean? And of course, you know, it's a very like, uh, you know, in that movie, it's metaphor, metaphor. Thank you. Yes. But, um, or psychological, but, uh, um, but anyway, anyway, um, I've been in various kinds of bondage bondages. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've put people in various kinds of bondages as well. And, and so here's, I remember when I first started in BDSM, I actually did not understand bondage, didn't appreciate bondage, wasn't interested in that. And, Interesting. And, and, and there was, there was another woman who was, uh, who apprenticed, who was in the same sort of apprenticeship program as I, and she was, um, she was like Eastern European or something. And she would always say like, why would anyone do that? And... And and that was my attitude about bondage. It's like, okay, so you put them in bondage, but like, but then what? what Good do you, question. What do you do with them? And I just did not understand it, did not appreciate it. And 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 I remember the first person, the first time that you know, when I was being taught how to do rope bondage and sort of basic gear bondage. Uh, using leather cuffs or for example and, mm. and spring clipping them together or something and putting hoods on people and I just thought but but now I can't see their eyes or mm. now they you know their hands can't move and so then how do I you know if their hands are tied up then how do I get them to crawl across the floor or mm. whatever I, I just didn't I I really didn't get it and then the woman who was training me she explained it to me for the first time in a way that I could almost connect with, but I didn't know because I hadn't experienced it. She said, you know, when you go into bondage, your brain immediately, when you, when you put someone in bondage, or if you are in bondage, or you can't move, your brain fights that. It resists it. It yes. says, I want to move. I want to move. I need to do something. I need to do something. Where am I going to go? How am I going to go? How do I get out of this? Whatever. And as your brain is fighting it, you know, like you have to also then fight your brain because it mm. sort of says it wants out, it wants out. But then at some point, your brain says, oh, my God, there's nothing I can do. I can't do anything. I can't make you move. I can't make you do anything. I can't make you get out. I can't whatever. And then when your brain says, oh, well, there's nothing for me to do here, then your brain goes, fuck this. I'm, I'm out. Bye. And, <laughs> and you're, you're like, good riddance. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> See you later. Right. And, it, and, and then that is when the magic happens. Man. When, because like your brain says, oh, well, clearly I'm not needed. So it, (laughs) so it goes on vacation and then you are just left in this incredible freedom of float. Like Mm. you're, you are, you are almost, it's almost as if you're released from, you are completely released from bondage because that starts to just not be an issue. Mm. And so you're saying that bondage is freedom. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? Shit, yes. Damn. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to because like, that's just what everybody says, but it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, bondage is freedom. It is, it's, it's incredible because it allows you to, it allows kind of your central nervous system at the very least to just kind of go on vacation. Mm. And I, ironically enough, I can't stand being in bondage. It drives me crazy. Like I cannot get past that. Oh my God, I can't move. I'm not in control. What am I going to do? I cannot get past that. And so, so you don't, you don't ever, so you are like strictly a bondage top. Well, yes and no. Okay. I am primarily a bondage top. I do not see, I generally do not seek out 
bondage experiences as a bottom, mm. except for, and, and when I do, and it is very rarely that I do, but I have, and this has only been within the past year or two, if that, that I've allowed myself to be put in bondage and I've allowed it because I have discovered it is the most blissful meditation. Mm. It's not a sexual experience for mm. me personally. Mm. Instead, it is an opportunity to, you know, if I can, if I can push myself past that <sighs> moment, yeah. then I can spend 30 minutes in a sleep sack and it's as if I have taken a nap for three hours. Man. It is so calming, stilling, relaxing that if I find myself in a place where I'm like way overwhelmed and way overworked and mm. way overstressed, then I can spend 30 minutes in a sleep sack and come out just ready for whatever. Well, I mean, the, the state that you were just describing uh, where, you know, the like post fight or flight um, mm -hmm. brain experience, I mean, it sounds like a trance, yeah. right? You know, or, or like a psychedelic experience. It's, well, I actually, you know, as someone who really hasn't done nearly enough drugs in my life. Um, I, I liken it more to something like meditation yeah. or um, an intense yoga practice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where you, you know, there've been times when I've been practicing yoga that I can kind of lose consciousness in a way mm -hmm. in that I am only aware of what the instructor is calling and my body just responds mm -hmm. and my ego is kind of completely taken out of it. Mm -hmm. So that sort of part of my brain that's going, you can't do that, but you don't, Ooh, that's going to hurt or, yeah. Oh no, that's not a good idea. That part of my brain just completely shuts off and just whatever the instructor calls is the move that I go into. And it doesn't happen often, but when it's happened, it's been incredible. And similarly with meditation, which is another thing that you sort of struggle with to kind of let your brain turn off or relax or disconnect or whatever so mm -hmm, that you can actually mm -hmm. achieve that, that, that the still deep water mm. of meditative trance mm. um, that you can submerge in, into, that, into that meditation space that bondage is some you know that to me the experience of bondage is actually more like that you are in a space where time ceases to exist mm. where your environment becomes very muted and you can actually just sort of exist relax you know it's sometimes you i've fallen asleep yeah i have or been in this state of I don't know, like lucid semi-consciousness or something. Cool. You know, it's like I have thoughts for sure, but there's no attachment to them. Mm. And there's no, there's also no distraction from them. So it's not as if I start on a thought and then start thinking like, oh, 
what's my to-do list or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that my phone buzzing mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know what what do I want to do with my life it doesn't get very <laughs> existential it, it's neither it's neither quotidian nor existential uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, instead my brain is just sort of allowed to kind of just float on the surface and it's it's really incredible hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. bondage for that um, whether or not they are actually going to seek the professional services of a dominatrix mm-hmm. um, or of a high-end dominatrix for that matter you know to achieve that I don't know about that I think that for the people who are into bondage in a way that they're going to want to go see a dominatrix for it is you know, it, it is part of the cliche about the loss of control. Yeah. Um, no, and, I, think, and, and, I mean, I think it's and, more and, than a cliche. I yeah, mean, I, I, I was going to say, the reason why it's a cliche is because it happens. Yeah, well, <laughs> people, are, people are, are driven to find places where they can lose control, or th- where they can relinquish control or create a space in which they, uh, like, have a, um, you know, the pageantry of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so I think that some of it is that. I know that for the majority of my clients, and I'll ask them, like, when did you get mm. into bondage? How did you get into bondage? Like, what what started this for you? And curiously enough, I mean, I'm, I'm, granted my clientele is 95% male, yeah. 90, 90 to 95% male, but for all of my bondage enthusiasts who are men, when I ask them what got them started with it or when they started getting into bondage, to a one, they all say that it has been something that's been a part of them from as long as they can remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That they were that finding some way to tie themselves up yeah. or get restrained in some kind of way yeah. from you know, from their earliest childhood memories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while some of them can cite something like watching the TV show Batman mm-hmm. or the Avengers or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. and sort of being attracted to that like femdom mm-hmm. thing or the fact of like being bound and having someone 
overseeing their helplessness mm, and their James uh, you know, Bond. Right. You know, yeah. Someone who has put them into bondage right. and is then ha 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 right. you know, laughing at their predicament. You know, you're like my captor. Yeah, you're yeah. my captive and I am I am I am delighted by your predicament here. I mean like that you know, maybe it's in, in that respect, but whatever it is, you know, that was the thing that sort of validated that that's that itch that was inside of them from you know from their earliest memories from the mm-hmm. beginning of like conscious like memorable consciousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i i find that fascinating i mean and i don't i have not done the quantitative research to say like i've talked with a bunch of women to say that oh the women have that same thing yeah um although i feel i weirdly enough in a more general point of view, I would say that most of the women that I know, and granted, most of the women I know who are kinky are also pro-doms. Right. Or pro-subs, for that matter. And when they talk about their kink, it it came on for them later in life. Mm-hmm. Or manifested later in life Mm -hmm. like maybe they like had like little things that sort of were in their childhood but they never really embraced it or sought it out or whatever until adolescence Mm -hmm. whereas for the men it was definitely pre-adolescence um so i i think that that's interesting totally uh and i can't explain it um you know for me while i can point to different parts of my childhood where I can say, oh, well, when I was in uh, kindergarten, I would play Atom Smashers, where I would get the play school blocks and have the boys sit with their legs spread on the floor in front of me. And the the point of Atom Smashers is that I would try to figure out which combination of building blocks would be the best at smashing their genitals. <laughs> they lined up for that too, man. <laughs> my, my, my. Well, that's quite a story. So, so let yeah. me let me ask you let me ask you something, Adam Smasher, um, Orleans. Um, uh, you describe apprenticing, mm-hmm. um, getting your start. Um, as a dominatrix, which you were saying it's been 13 years? Yeah, I started in 2004. So it's very impressive. Okay. Um, so, and when you started, you were like, what What the fuck is up with this whole bondage thing? And then, and then, but then you were trained and something changed to the point where you're now one of the most well-known, sought-after experts in bondage in New York City if not probably beyond as well so what what's walk me walk me through that arc what happened um what happened (laughs) what happened was um you know I don't know I think that to be honest initially it was a strategic decision sure I looked at the women who had been in the business for a really long time and who Mm. had successful careers and who had careers that I admired. And all of them were fluent in bondage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So initially it was like, okay, I think I should learn this because clearly it is a thing that 
that people who do this for a long time do. So that's where it's, that's where I said, okay, I'm just going to commit to this and figure it out. And And I think that how I took it on as a passion of my own, and I hate to sound too heady, too heady or brainy about it. It's, it's, it's fine. But, well, I mean, like, and, and, I, and I say that because it's, you know, it's, uh, so much about being a pro-dom or about being in BDSM is whatever. It's like, it's like all, it's genuine. I feel it. I want it. It's all, you know, like it's more, it's not so brainy as much as it is, you know, a more visceral gut kind of passion thing. I mean, uh, I'll just, I'll just stop you and say like, I, I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and it's actually like always been a little, um, that's always been challenging for me because I am way more cerebral than I am, uh, uh, visceral, I guess. Um, but sometimes, sometimes the things that speak to me the most are the things that take me out of that. Sometimes yes. I like, I'm very proud to like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a very proud intellectual and I, I, I like know that I am innately somebody who is, who like gravitates towards, um, the headier parts of BDSM and BDSM is one of the headier kinds of sex. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, but by that same token, there is something so satisfying about the the exactly the thing that you're talking about with bondage, the thing that gets you into a trance that is sort of like out of out of your own rattling around in your own head. Yeah, there's well, for me, the brainy part of it, in some ways, it's sort of reminded of like learning to play golf. For okay, me, where. Um, my father was the person who taught me about golf and and I remember him sort of showing me how to swing a golf club and how to stand and how to hold the club and how to let it go and hit the ball and and there's something to the basic mechanics of it where it's like okay well this is how you do it and mm-hmm. you hit the ball and whatever but then there's this finesse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's one thing to sort of understand the mechanics of it, but then it's like, well, how do you get to the finesse part where you actually get the ball to go exactly where you want it to go and you achieve that effortlessness where you can swing the club and you're actually not putting that much force behind it, Mm. yet the ball still travels this tremendous distance. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then all of the little minute Uh, adjustments that you make in your stance and your body and the position of your hips and the way that you swing your shoulders and the way that you torque your body when the when the when the club falls in the angle that the head of the club hits the ball all of that stuff and so bondage was sort of similar for me it's like okay well there's the basic stuff of just like all right you put somebody in a position where it's they're either it's either constrictive where everything is super tight Mm. or it's restrictive and they just can't like they, there are things that they can't do and you point them out to what they can't do. What, like predicament bondage? It can be predicament bondage or it can be just as simple as four-point restraint where it's just, you know, you're, you're restrained by your ankles and your wrists, mm-hmm. like sort of in that spread e- classic mm-hmm. spread eagle position. Right. And, and, I, you know, and I stand on the other side of the room and say, come here. Right. I mean, so, so that element of, of tease and denial. It, whether it's tease and denial, but it's just sort of like 
driving home the point of it doesn't matter how much you might want to do something, you can't. Well, that's a lesson we <laughs> can all stand to be reminded of, right? Right. So now, it's it's so it, so humility being put in a humbling mm-hmm. position. A hum, yeah, a hum, a humbling position being put in a you I think that that restrictiveness is where you do sort of say, okay, well, here's where I give up control, Mm -hmm. where what my brain wants, what my body wants, like none of that matters. I cannot actually, you know, like I am subject to my, you know, it it is the bondage itself that controls what I can and cannot do, what I do and do not have access to sensually, Tactfully, tact, you know the word I want, right? Tactile, tactile, I don't know. I can't, I can't touch I can't touch it. I can't taste it. I can't look at it. I can't smell it. Like I can't feel it unless she says I can, or unless the bondage permits me to, and. You know, and that in itself is, you know, again, it it is both restrictive and yet it is also liberating Mm -hmm. Um, because it takes that choice away. You don't have to decide, well, do I want to touch it? It doesn't matter whether you do or you don't. You stuck. That's where you are. (laughs) So, um, So there are all of those things that are that are factors in it. And then what really got me was just that moment of realizing that, okay, so I can play with it on this really superficial level, but then what if I position my hips this way? Mm. What if I stand with mm. my feet shoulder distance apart as opposed to hip distance apart? Mm. You know, to go back to that golf metaphor that, yeah, that, sure. that okay, so, w- and, and this is really the amazing part for me, incredibly amazing part for me, and this is actually why a lot of women, or a lot of doms, are not into bondage. Is mm. that you me, into, into being a bond into, into being, being a bondage the, top into doing bondage like yeah. really like doing heavy sensory deprivation bondage? Oh, oh, I see. As a top, so yeah, yeah, as a top, like what I love the most is that heavy sensory deprivation objectifying bondage, and I love it because I. And I myself then, when you were in this kind of bondage, I myself am deprived of a lot of information from you. Mm. I can't see in your eyes. You can't talk to me. You can't touch me or move me or hold me or whatever. You can't, uh, you, there's, there's no response. Instead, I have to listen to you mm. energetically, viscerally. I have to, I have to like, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's this way that I connect to people who are in that full, intense, constrictive, sensory deprivation bondage where I can't see them, I can't talk to them, I can't listen to them, I can't, nothing. Yeah. They can't hear me. Even if I touch them, I'm just touching the leather, or I'm touching, you know, like there's a layer or more a layer or more between their skin and my hand and yet we are able to communicate and Mm. it is it's psychic it's it's 
it's that is the visceral then it is um it's primal almost and it's like i can i can feel it i had i had someone come see me uh earlier this year we'd never played together before he actually had never even seen a pro femdom before um he was a bondage enthusiast and he played many many times and he was a a heterosexual man but all of his play experiences had been in the gay bondage community mm. where he like like guys that he had followed who were like doing this really heavy duty bondage online and he would contact them and you know sometimes it would be for pay but if it was it was for this very sort of like nominal amount and but it would be these really intense bondage experiences and like just crazy fucked up bondage stuff and so that's all that he'd been doing. And I had like discovered some of these people on my own, like through Tumblr, or, you know, different social media sites. Cause I'm, cause I'm really into this stuff. So I'm following yeah, it. And it's like I'm all, all of these, like, you know, I got like, I can't follow a lot of pro doms for bondage stuff because most of them are taking selfies and there are very few that are taking pictures of their work for one reason or another. Mm. So it's like, I'm just looking at gay male bondage. And oh, that's the other part is like, I want to see male bodies in bondage because I can find plenty of female bodies in bondage. So interesting. But I don't, I'm not interested in that. Right. Um, I'm interested in the rigging of male bodies in bondage. And so I have to go to the gay community for that. And it's amazing and intense and incredible, but it's not a pro scene very much. It is really just like dudes hanging out, tying each other up. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what this guy had always done. And somehow he had found me and wanted to come and see me and, and play with me and do, do a scene with me. And it was his first like pro dom, pro fem dom session ever. And it was probably one of the best, most unforgettable sessions I've ever had in my life. Wow. And partly because we started off just sort of talking about his previous experiences. And so I'm just kind of getting all of this information from him about like all these cool shit that these guys are doing in Mm. like all over the world. Um, So that was exciting for me. And then to be able to kind of, collaborate a little with him and say, okay, well, um, you know, asking him like, all right, well, what's the experience that you want to have? And he was saying, okay, well, you know, I'd like to do some suspension. And I said, okay, well, you know, do you want more of a constrictive experience or restrictive experience? He's saying constriction. So we sort of collaborated a little bit to come up with a scene that was going to be, you know, mutually exciting for both of us. And, or sorry to be redundant, we come up with a scene that was going to be mutually exciting. And so I do, one of the things that I'm known for is sort of doing like these um, spring suspensions and sort of like a full body suspension that's kind of a weightless experience Mm. um, with sensory deprivation. And so I put him in this inflatable leather body bag with the spring suspension. So he's just sort of like floating in midair. And and it was not a sexual thing. Like his dick wasn't out. I didn't have anything like going on with his genitals at all. Um, he was just fully encased in this leather, suspended in midair. And I could feel him as if he were, as if his joy was in residence in me. Oof. And he, I think could feel me and 
we're both just like standing. Well, I'm standing there next to him. He's floating in air, and we're both just moaning with joy. Ooh, I am getting chills. <laughs> it was, I have tears in my eyes. It's actually it's on my it's on my Tumblr. It's on my Twitter. It's 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 on my social media. I have like videos on on, on both on both things. We will, um, we will make you say what all of your <laughs> what all of your uh, links are in the oh, end. this moment. It wow. was so fucking incredible. Incredible. And wow. I was I was kind of like live tweeting this experience and I, I I was so blown away. And I mean, I think in some ways I was live tweeting it because I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Like I had to sort of have like this like reporter moment where I sort of step outside of it and say, well, this is what's going on. Like, And now I put him into bondage and, you know, like, because I just I couldn't handle it. It was so intense and so awesome. Thanks for listening to episode 42. I'm sure some of you know how excited I am to have an episode that's that particular number. You can follow at Tina Horns Ass on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Take a few seconds to write a review and tell your friends about my show. Visit wiredpeopleintothat.com to subscribe to our newsletter and listen to our entire archive. As ever, Wire People Into That is produced and hosted by yours truly, Tina Horn. Our theme song is by Pine from Oakland, California, who are now going by the name Vivid Windows. And our website was designed by Justin Levesque, And this project is now exclusively sponsored by my generous and constricting patrons. Find freedom through captivity at patreon.com slash Tina Horn. Until next time, I'll be taking a nice nap in a fully suspended leather body bag. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.